That was one of the greatest weekends of college football playoff I have ever seen in my entire life. Welcome back, everybody, to the Center of College Football. I am your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from the Center of College Football, Palm Desert, California, uh, back on vacation out here for Christmas with my family. It's been nice. Uh, watched a lot of football, as I should. Um, bowl season was awesome. Um, there were a lot of matchups that I did not think would be fun, but it was awesome. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Before we do that, though, talk about the final game of the regular season. Army versus Navy went very similar to how a lot of people, I think, expected. Uh, very close matchup. Um, Army kind of dominated. I mean, it was 17-3. to um, Navy did score very close to the end to make it an eight-point game. But Army took a safety at the end to kind of seal things out. 17-11. Um, sadly, Army did not make a bowl game despite being 6-6. Six and six. Um, Yes, they did play two FCS opponents in Delaware State and Holy Cross, but Minnesota made a bowl game at 5-7. and Kind of wish that had gone to Army. I mean, they are 6-6. Six and six. I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. I'm sure that there was some contingency or something with it being after bowl season announced. But either way, a huge win for Army. They win the Commander-in-Chief trophy as they blew out uh, Air Force earlier in this season and beat both the military academies. Finished six and six, great year for Army. Um, just just a solid team. You know, had a had a bad stretch where they lost five straight, but won their last four. Um, it looked like a pretty much lost season coming out of October, but finished very very strong. So shout out the Black Knights for that one. Jumping into bowl season though, first big bowl game on the docket for me was West Virginia versus North Carolina. And Neil Brown has built a solid program at West Virginia. I mean, they're 9-4 and four now. Their only losses were to Penn State, who went to the Peach Bowl, um, Oklahoma State, who went to the Big 12 Championship, Oklahoma, who was a 10-win team, and a miracle loss to Houston. I mean, and North Carolina just kind of fell apart at the end. But, I mean, West Virginia balled out. This was really their game from jump. Uh, got out to a 17-10 lead. And, I mean, Green didn't even play his best football. I mean, only competed 50% of his passes, but, you know, had another 64 on the ground. It, it was really the defense that showed out for West Virginia. Picked off Connor Harrell twice for North Carolina. Um, you know, sacked him seven times for 47 yards. And this West Virginia defense is very solid. And, you know, Two of the teams that they lost to this year, they don't have to play again, being Oklahoma and Penn State. With the new Big 12 coming into play next year, I think this could be a very big contender for um, – I lost a train of thought. I'm so sorry. For um, Big 12 champion um, next season. Kansas State, NC State. Oh, my goodness. I don't care about this game. This Pop-Tart Bowl was wild. Honestly, just – the mascot, I mean, spanking the ref, that just him being eaten, at the, that was crazy. I, that entire thing was ballistic, and I cannot wait for the future. Um, but to talk about the actual football game now, shout out Kansas State. I mean, I did not think they'd win this game. NC State had one of the best turnarounds all year, in my opinion. I mean, this team started out 4-3, and three, rattled off five straight wins, including wins over Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, um, and I thought they were going to roll in this game, but Kansas State came to play football. You know, and Avery Johnson played a very good game. 178 yards, two touchdowns, another 64 on the ground with another touchdown. Giddens had 152 yards on the ground. And NC State could just never really get anything going. Didn't complete, um, did not complete 50% of their passes. Didn't have a passing touchdown. Brennan Armstrong had one on the ground. 
and Trent Penix had one attempt for 60 yards and got a touchdown off of that one, but they just never got anything going. Kansas State just played much, much better football, and again, with the new Big 12 next year, this is a team that I think could very much contend. I mean, they didn't lose a single game by more than eight points. I mean, three to Missouri, eight to Oklahoma State, um, three to Texas, and seven to Iowa State. They had a few one-score wins. Um, I mean, actually, scratch it. They only had one one-score win being Kansas. I mean, so they, you know, they lose all their one-score games. They're eight and five, but they win all their one-score games. They're thirteen and zero. You know, granted, you know, if I had wheels, she'd have she'd be a bicycle. But Kansas State, I think, is a team that could be very good, especially Avery Johnson balling out the way that he did. I don't believe Giddens is coming back, but it it was a good game for them. So shout out the Wildcats to that one. Arizona, Oklahoma, Alamo Bowl. Uh, Look, we all knew that the offense for Arizona was going to be amazing, and they were. Noah Fafita, 354 yards, two touchdowns. You know, he was sacked quite a bit, five sacks for 47 yards, but he balled out in the air, but it was the defense for Arizona that played miraculously. They turned the ball over six times despite letting up almost 600 yards of total offense. They only let Oklahoma in the end zone three times um, because Jackson Arnold was picked off three times and recovered three fumbles. Arizona's defense was the MVP here. And uh, the way that Arizona flipped things around this year was impressive. This team started out two and three. They're I'm sorry, three and three. Their only wins were against Northern Arizona, UTEP, and a single point win against Stanford. They had very close losses, and then they just went nuts. Won three straight against ranked opponents, beat Colorado, and then had another ranked win. I mean, this team finished the year with five, six ranked wins. Um, granted, a lot of them have fallen out of the poll, but the way that they have beaten up on teams is impressive. They finished third in the Pac-12, which I don't think anybody expected. And it wasn't even like tiebreaker third. Like, they were two games in front of... Oregon State, Utah, and USC. And, you know, kind of in the similar boat as as um, Kansas State, they win their all their one-score games. They're undefeated. Granted, they had a couple close wins as well. One point against Stanford, you know, three points against Oregon State, um, three points against Colorado. Like, there were some games they could have lost. However, Fafita coming back is huge. Jaden Delora is leaving, but that's kind of to be expected. He's a great quarterback, but the way Fafita's been playing, I don't think he can match up. This team, I think, is going to be a force to be reckoned with and is my way-too-early pick, honestly, to win the Big 12. Notre Dame-Oregon State. Uh, I picked this game before all the opt-outs happened, before, um, I mean, really around the time that Jonathan Smith left for Michigan State. It's hard to have your heart in the game with that. I mean, Oregon State did not have a lot of players, and Notre Dame did. Um, you know, granted, Sam Hartman didn't play. But they had the coaching, and they just, I mean, ripped through Oregon State. I mean, it was really game over from jump. They didn't let Oregon State score until um, six, six and a half minutes left in the game. 40 to eight, there's not a lot to say. Notre Dame is a very good team. It's really just the flukiness, I think, under um, under Marcus Freeman that is becoming a problem because they are they have lost a couple games to teams below their caliber. I think they are a better team than both Louisville and Clemson this year, but they lost to them. You know, same deal last year. They were better than Stanford. They were better than Marshall. Um, you know, there was an argument to be made that they could have been better than USC, and it's just getting over that hump of, like, beating, beating opponents that are worse than you. It's weird because they do very well against teams 
that are that are somewhat better than them. I mean, great, they ended better than USC, but they played number ten USC, who was undefeated, blew them out of the water. You know, they played very very close against Ohio State, and it's just managing to string together all those wins to get a good season. Moving into the New Year's Six, Mizzou, Ohio State. I'm aware, okay, to you Ohio State fans, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Mizzou fan and a Mizzou student, there were some games that were heavily affected by opt-outs. The Sun Bowl, Oregon State, Notre Dame is a big one. The Orange Bowl, a big one. This was not a game that was heavily affected by opt-outs. I think Ohio State had maybe six players, I don't know. But Marvin Harrison and Kyle McCord were the big one. And Ohio State fans were talking about how bad Kyle McCord was the entire season. And the second he opt-outs, he's this major player. Plus, Mizzou was missing their top two defensive players. Tyron Hopper, Chris Abrams, Drain, both injured. And they just shut down Ohio State. Mizzou took some time to get the thing ro rolling. But, I mean, they won 14-3 to and just completely shut down Ohio State. That first drive... Um, with with Devin Brown was solid, um, but just the lack of offense here by Ohio State was concerning. And you know, I'm not sure what the move is with Ryan Day because I think pretty much any program would kill to be 11 and one every year, but he can't seem to get over the hump. That's the problem. I mean, he's one and three all time against Michigan. You know, never won. I'm sorry, he's won one playoff game um, in the COVID year. You know, not to like diminish it, but was the COVID year. His best season was 2019, directly when he came off of Ryan Day, or I'm sorry, um, Urban Meyer had all of his players. So there's something to be said about that. But I think the bigger note here is Mizzou. Um, Mizzou was a team that was projected to finish second to last in the SEC. This team was going to be lucky to make a bowl game. And both the teams they lost to this year, they don't have to play next year. Really, their only hard, I'm not going to say their only hard game, their only game that I'm marking down as a loss is on the road at Bama. They have to play Oklahoma, but that's at home. Plus, I mean, their entire receiving core is coming back. Mookie Cooper, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss just announced he's coming back. Cody Schrader is gone. Um, so running back is going to be hard to replace. But they just got Marcus Carroll out of Georgia State, who is an absolute beast. I think this team is going to reload and be a playoff contender next year. Mizzou is going to be fun to watch. Peach Bowl, Ole Miss, Penn State. This game was not nearly as close as the score indicated. Um, Ole Miss really kind of owned this game. I mean, uh, Penn State had the lead for two minutes. Uh, they were up 3 nothing, and then just Penn State just got throttled really the rest of the way. Um, Ole Miss did not let up the lead. They were up 38-17 with six and a half minutes left. And Lane Kiffin might be the best head coach in Ole Miss history. This is the best record they've ever had. And this is another team that is a big playoff contender. I'm not sure who all is on their schedule next year. I believe they still have to play Bama. But I don't think they have to play Georgia, which is a huge win for them, by the way. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to look ahead of their schedule because I'm curious. I mean, they have to play at LSU, which is tough. Oklahoma, but that's at home. They do have to play Georgia still. And they actually, I was wrong. They do avoid Bama, um, which is huge for them. So uh, there's there's some, you know, question marks on the schedule, but this is a very good team. Quinshawn Jenkins just announced that he is leaving for the transfer portal, which is, um, you know, definitely a big hit. But I believe Zach Evans is still there. Um, I was wrong. He's at the Rams. When did I miss? I, I apologize. I completely missed the fact that he got selected by the Rams. Wow, that's embarrassing. Um, yeah, Evans is gone. Um, that's embarrassing. Anyways, but 
they they still have a chance to be a very good team next year. So the SEC is going to be fun next year. I ain't even going to lie. It's going to be a great conference to watch. Orange Bowl. Do we really got to talk about this? 63-3, to the biggest blowout in bowl game history. Look, I'm aware there were a lot of opt-outs, and I still think Florida State should have been the playoff team. It's hard to defend um, what happened to the team. I mean, this is this is embarrassing. Um, I mean, Georgia had 301 yards in the air. They had 372 yards on the ground, and Florida State could just get nothing going. 146 in the air, 63 on the ground. Uh, that's just... I don't even know what to say. Um, I'm aware your heart's not in the game, and I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this was almost a boycott to the playoff committee because, look, a lot of people weren't going to watch this game because it turned into a blowout. Um, so in a way, it was kind of a you know, boycott, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, I think the expanded playoff is going to help because these odds are hurting games. But, yeah, I, I don't got much to say here. <laughs> Fiesta Bowl, Liberty versus Oregon. Uh, this game started out very quick. Uh, thought that this may be a even matchup. Liberty was the first to strike, and then Oregon just kind of let loose. It was 6-3 to three Liberty going into the second quarter, and then Oregon scored 28 straight points. Um, kind of just made this thing ugly and never really let Liberty get a chance. Caden um, Salter, 126, a touchdown and interception. Now he's going to the portal, 25 yards on the ground. Um, Bonix, I mean, absolute baller day, 28 for 35, 363 yards, five touchdowns, um, and is going into the draft now, a great career for the Oregon and Auburn quarterback, and a great year for Oregon, I mean, this was a team that I honestly think could have competed for a national championship, I mean, 12-2, and two, only losses were to Washington twice, an absolutely phenomenal team, and a great win for them. Finally, the last two games that I had picked were the college football playoff. One of the best seasons we've ever had for the playoff. Last year was close. It's between those two. First off, the Rose Bowl. Alabama, Michigan. A game that actually wasn't super pretty. A lot of mistakes by both teams. Um, Alabama's offensive line was an issue. Um, Jalen Milrow was sacked six times, which is just absolutely eviscerating and the center is now entering the transfer portal because he couldn't snap the ball because that last play and I've seen this analyzed a lot because that fourth and fourth and goal from the three yard line ended up being a quarterback draw but if you look at the formation there they had two blockers on the left side and a running back out behind Milrow it looks like the play that was supposed to happen was an option play that could have resulted in a swing pass out of the running back and he just had to outrun a, a safety that was behind the line. But because of the low snap, Milrow kind of just had to call an audible and go for it. Um, now, no disrespect to Michigan's defense. They played lights out the entire day. And even the offense, too. I mean, J.J. McCarthy had some incredible plays, three touchdown passes. Blake Corum um, really kind of sealed the day for them. And this is going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Michigan played a great game and is, in my opinion, the best team in the country. Washington, Texas, this game looked like it was going to be over, but that ending was very scary for Washington fans. The way that things closed out, the injury, 
and just letting Texas get that close was incredible. Now, Texas is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the SEC. Um, I don't believe they lose a ton of players, and they just they played well. I mean, 318 yards by Quinn Ewers, another 180 on the ground. Now, Michael Penix definitely was the MVP of this game. 430 yards, two touchdowns, and then another 31 yards on the ground. I mean, this team put up almost 450 yards. Washington, Michigan is going to be a phenomenal national championship, and I cannot wait to see what happens. But that defensive play at the end, I can't remember who had the pass breakup at the end over, I think it was A.D. Mitchell. But the swat away at the end needs to be shown in every single, like, every single um, defensive room ever. That was phenomenal and a great play to watch. A couple other games I want to talk about. First was the famous Toastery Bowl. One of the weirdest bowl names resulted in one of the best games. Old Dominion was throttling Western Kentucky 28 to nothing. And Western Kentucky stormed all the way back. And Austin Reed opted out. Caden Veltkamp is the future of this program. 40 for 52, 383 yards, and five touchdowns. A miraculous day by Veltkamp. And he also had 53 yards on the ground. It's just a, a phenomenal day by this kid. And I, I I mean, as a freshman as well, and Old Dominion just collapsed. I mean, 21 points in the first quarter and then 14 points the rest of the game. Didn't score in overtime. A huge win for Western Kentucky um, against an old conference foe. One of the best games of the season. What, what a day. Then, finally, probably the best game of bowl season and arguably game of the year was Clemson-Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. Um, 38-35 is a normal score. How they got there was anything but normal. I mean, tons of two-point conversion attempts and just back-and-forth play. I mean, this, this game had 42 total points scored in the fourth quarter. Absolute back and forth. Klubnik had a solid day, 264, no touchdowns, a pick, but it was Phil Maffa who was the workhorse. Four touchdowns on the day. And I never would have thought that Will Shipley could potentially be the second best running back on a team, but Phil Maffa, Phil Maffa and Will Shipley, I think might be the best running back duo in the country. And the way that Clemson turned things around is genuinely impressive because this team started out four and four. Their best win on the year was Syracuse um, and rattled off five straight wins. Notre Dame, North Carolina, Kentucky. I mean, they got some solid wins, and I don't think their schedule has dropped yet, but I think that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the ACC next year. I apologize. Their exact schedule has not dropped yet, but um, I lost my thought. I apologize. Their exact schedule has not dropped yet, but who they're playing has come out yet. They and it's a it's a tough schedule. They got NC State, Louisville, um, Florida State, Virginia Tech might be a force to be reckoned with. They do have Georgia. They got some tough games, but if they can get things going, this could be a very good team. So that were those were my picks for bowl season. Um, it was a great year. So we'll go ahead and move on to the final two games of the season. The FCS and the FBS National Championship. I'll talk about the FCS National Championship first. Montana versus South Dakota State. Montana has been a very good team. 
only loss was a weird upset 14 to 28 against northern arizona this team has been a pretty offensive powerhouse um you know they they're putting up a lot of points they've had some close games especially against some of the higher level teams you know idaho they only beat by two points um but this is a solid team south dakota state though on the other hand has throttled everyone that they have played um i mean they're really only close game was Montana State and Southern Illinois, who they beat by four and seven, respectively. I think South Dakota State's got this in the bag. They're a 14-point favorite. And let's just look at their playoff wins. Montana beat Delaware 49-19. Furman, it took overtime to beat them. And then North Dakota State, it took double overtime to beat them by two. South Dakota State has outscored their opponents by a combined score of 123 to 12. Villanova was the only team that scored on them. They blew out Albany. And I think South Dakota State has got this in the bag. I think the Jackrabbits go to 15-0 and finish a great season and go back-to-back. Finally, the FBS National Championship. Monday, January 8th. Washington, Michigan. Both of these teams definitely have some problems that they need to fix um, and, and clean up. Washington got... Very, very close to losing that game. Um, they let up a lot of points, and that could be a problem. Michigan, their special team has got to be fixed. A missed PAT, I think a missed field goal, almost losing the game on a safety, on a bad punt return, two dropped punt returns, that's a problem. That being said, I think that is something that's a lot easier to fix. And look, both these teams are very powerful offenses. I think Washington has a very strong offense. Obviously, I mean, Michael Penix is one of the best quarterbacks in, in the country, like, if we're just going to be real about that. But my big thing is the pass rush and the defense of Michigan, I think, is going to be way too much for um, for Washington because Michael Penix only has 13 yards rushing on the year. Jalen Milrow is one of the better rushing quarterbacks in the country. And this this kid can scramble. He can move. Michael Penix is not as mobile. Not a knock against him. It's just it's his style. That being said, that's going to be a problem. The way Michigan can get to the quarterback, I think that Michael Penix is going to have – I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's going to have a great day. Um, I think that the way that Michigan is going to pressure him, I think is going to cause problems. I think that this is going to be a close game. I think that this is one of those games that Michigan kind of always has control over, but Washington never um, really goes away. Kind of similar to like LSU-Bama 2019. Very close game, but LSU kind of always had the edge. Um, If we're doing score predictions, 38-28 Michigan. I think Michigan scores a late touchdown to kind of seal this thing away. I think Blake Corum has a great day. I think that... um, I think that those receivers for Michigan are going to be crucial. I think Roman Wilson is going to be potentially the MVP of this game. I think they're going to be able to get down at secondary, breach that secondary, and just kind of ball out. I think they're going to fix a lot of these problems, and Michigan is my pick for the national champion. So, those are my picks. Um... Yeah, I'm really excited for this weekend. So with that, I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, reporting, as always, from the Center of College Football, signing out.